Welcome to the Gregory Digout Podcast. My teaching today is uh, simply entitled Let No Man or Let No One Take Your Crown. Let No One Take Your Crown. And the specific topic or the specific thing that I want to talk to you about in regards to that, let no one take your crown is a victim no more. My 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 real point here is to address a demonic stronghold in the world today that is making people is victimizing people and putting people in bondage to feeling oppressed and feeling like a victim. Now, um, God delivers us. And if you are following our fast from wrong thinking, uh, one of uh, one of the days we devote to uh, fasting from wrong thinking, one of the thoughts that the enemy uses to defeat us is the thought or the feeling that I feel like a victim. Now, we've all been victimized by some by someone or something. All of us have been physically, psychologically, emotionally or sexually, verbally abused at one point or another in our lives to one degree or another. Some people far more than others. But all of us know what it's like to be victimized by somebody or something. But you can be victimized without becoming a victim the rest of your life. You can be victimized by something without allowing it to shape the course of your destiny and to limit you and imprison you to the pain of that experience or the pain of that abuse. I am here to tell you we've all been mistreated. Life's not fair. Life will never be fair. In fact, the greatest tool that the devil uses against Christians is to get them to be mad and confused when life's not fair. And I would rather give you on the front end, just tell you life isn't going to be fair and the world isn't fair. And if you are basing your life in the hopes that the world would be will be fair to you, you are setting yourself up for dra- dramatic disappointment because the world is not fair. People are not fair. America isn't fair. Europe isn't fair. South America isn't fair. You know why? Because there's people in each of those places. No place on earth is fair. And what we have to realize is that if you are waiting for the world to be fair to you, it is a childish way of thinking that will make you a victim the rest of your life. But when you realize that and embrace the fact that life's not fair, but God is good and God knows how to make up to you what life has done to you. That's when you're going to have peace in life. And that's when you're going to set yourself free from every limitation that is holding you back from the true joy, purpose and the happiness and the peace that God intended you for and the destiny that he created you for. But you can't step in to that destiny if you don't identify that. Yeah, okay, I have been victimized. I have been abused. I have been mistreated, but I am not a victim. I wonder if I'm in the right place here today. I want to I want to share the scripture with you because it changed my life. And it's in Revelation chapter three, verse 11. And it says this. Jesus says, I am coming soon. I am coming quickly. Now, he said this 2000 years ago. So guess what? It's even quicker now. It's even sooner now. He said that 2000 years ago, but that really to the Lord. That was just like two days ago, because the Bible says to the Lord, a day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is as a day. So this is just like uh, Friday. He said this. (laughs) I am coming soon. That was like Friday. So it's still soon. Don't worry. He meant it. 
He is coming soon. It's just on his time timeline of soon, not our timeline of soon. But he said, in the meantime, hold fast what you have so that no one may take your crown. Hold fast what you have that no one take your crown. Now, I used to think that this scripture is all about the crown that we will one day have in heaven, the crown that we will one day get from God. But the fact is, is no one can no one can take that crown because that's the crown that God's going to give you. No one can take that crown. Notice what he says. Hold fast to what you have. Let no one take your crown that no one may take your crown. Hold fast to what you have. So the crowns that he's talking about here are the crowns that God has already given us, not the crowns that are to come one day. There are there are those. But the crown now, now the crown represents a couple of things. First of all, let's start with where it goes. It goes on your head. A crown goes on your head. And so so the way that the enemy is able to take our crown, which I'll get to in a moment more deeply or more specifically, is by getting into our head and robbing us of the belief in who we are. Now, let me tell you something. God has crowned us. The Bible says that God has made us more than conquerors in Romans, chapter eight, verse thirty seven. Right. In Romans eight, thirty seven, he says we have been made more than conquerors through him that loved us in all these things. We are more than conquerors. Say that out loud. Say I'm more than a conqueror. That's something powerful when you say it yourself. You know, if I say it to you, that's one thing. But when you start saying it to you, that's a whole nother thing. He says in all these things, no matter what happens in your life, you are more than a conqueror through his love. Now, look, what he's saying is you have been crowned with victory as more than a conqueror. You've been crowned with victory because of God's love. So don't let anyone rob you of your victory. Don't let anybody rob you of what Jesus has done for you to give you the victory. Don't let anybody rob you of who God says you are. You know, the devil will mess with your mind and tell you you're a failure. You're a loser. You look at what you did. Look at how you failed. Look at your sin. Look at what you're tempted with. Well, we're all tempted with something and we've all fallen short in one way or another. But what God says about us is we're more than conquerors. And therefore, because he says I'm more than a conqueror, I'm not letting anyone rob me of that crown. I'm not letting anybody take that crown from me. I'm not letting anybody talk me out of who I am in Christ, not in my flesh, but in Christ. I'm more than a conqueror. And the Bible tells me to not let anyone take that crown. You know what that means? I'm not letting any I'm not letting any preacher take my crown. I'm not letting any theology take my crown. I'm not letting any religion take my crown. I'm not letting any well-meaning Christian take my crown. I'm not letting any devil take my crown. I'm not letting any thought take my crown. I'm not letting me take my crown because I am going to hold fast to what I have already received. And Jesus has made me and you more than conquerors. Don't let anybody talk you out of that, because the moment you let somebody talk you out of that, you've let somebody take your crown. You still are that, but it's your ignorance of it. It's your lack of knowledge of it that is robbing you of your greatest days 
and the destiny and the future that God has for you. You still with me as you go home? Now, if we're more than conquerors, why are we being conquered? Why are we conquered with depression? Why are we conquered with anxiety? Why are we conquered with addictions? Why are we conquered with fear? Why are we conquered with limits, limitations? Why are we conquered with low self-worth, low self-esteem? Let me tell you, the reason, even though we are more than conquerors, many Christians are being conquered. Why? It's because of a lack of knowledge. In Hosea, chapter four, verse six, God says, my people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. So the reason we're being conquered, people, is because of a lack of knowledge. It's not because of a lack of power. It's because of a lack of knowledge. He said, my people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge, because of a lack of knowledge, not because of a lack of power, not because of a lack of God's will, not because of a lack of God's promises, but because of a lack of knowledge, knowledge of what? Uh, Let me tell you what that we lack knowledge in. This is why we're being conquered is we lack knowledge of our true identity. We lack knowledge of our true power. And we lack knowledge of the tools that we have at our disposal to exercise or to enforce the victorious life that God created us for. Okay, so we lack the knowledge of our true identity in Christ. We lack the knowledge of our true power. You know, what makes a person feel like a victim is simply that they feel powerless over their situation and powerless over what's been done to them. If you feel powerless over what's been done to you, you'll feel like a victim the rest of your life. If you feel like you don't have the power to do anything about it. And I'm going to get to that in a moment, too. But the third thing that we lack knowledge about are the tools, the tools, the equipment like you. If you try to build a house with just a hammer, you're not going to be able to cut the wood very well. If you try to build a house with just a saw, you're not going to be able to screw the parts together. So you have to understand your toolbox and what's in it and what God has made at your disposal, what's put at your disposal. No wonder Jesus was a carpenter because he believes in building. He believes that that we're that we're a work in process, a work in progress. And he's a builder and he wants you to understand the tools and the equipment that you have. You know, isn't it isn't it funny that that a lot of Christians could go to church for years and and not understand the equipment that they have. They might be fans of the preacher, but that doesn't equip you. I love the amens. I love the Yeah, pastor. I love the go get them, Greg. I love the affirmation and the encouragement. But I love what I love more is you discovering. Whoa, look at my toolbox. My toolbox is full of tools. Mm, Look at my hammer. Woo! look at my sexy screwdriver. Wow. If you would discover the tools that you have. And I'm telling you, the tools are mindsets. Most of the tools are ways of thinking mindsets. It's where you set your mind. 
It's like you can be a Christian that reads the thermometer all the rest of your life and go, oh, it's cold. Oh, it's hot. Oh, it's going to be a cold one. Oh, it's going to be a hot one. You can read the temperature all you want or you can set the thermostat. And let life rise to where you set it and where we set it is our thought life, our mindset. We got a lot of Christians. They're born again in their spirit. But they're screwed up in their thinking. And that's what we got to work on. Okay, that's what we've got to fix. That's what that's what it means to renew your mind. Okay, so let me tell you what your crown with back to that verse. It says, let no one take your crown. Revelation three, eleven. Let no one take your crown. People, everybody watching, let no one take your crown. Well, what are we crowned with? Well, the Bible says in um, Deuteronomy, chapter 28, verse 13, we're the head and not the tail. So we're crowned with authority. It says in Ephesians, chapter two, verse six, that we're joint heirs with Jesus seated with him in heavenly places. So we're crowned as joint heirs with Christ. We are crowned as joint heirs with Jesus Christ. I know that sounds hard to imagine. That doesn't mean you're not God. We're not God like him, but we are seated with him in heavenly places and the same authority. And for some religious people, it's hard for people to, to take this because it actually gives them responsibility. And a lot of times people don't want responsibility. They want theology. And I don't want to give you theology. I want to give you the power. Well, I don't want to give you the power. I want to help you discover the power you already have. I can't give it to you. You already have it. I'm just here to announce it to you. Hey, you got power. What kind of power do you have? Well, in Second Timothy one seven, you've got power, love and a sound mind. What kind of power you have in John chapter 20? You have the power to forgive. What kind of power do you have? Well, in um, uh, Psalm chapter 24, verse 16, you have the power to get up when you've fallen. What kind of power do you have? Well, you got the power of the Holy Spirit. What kind of power do you have? You got the power to lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. What kind of power do you have? You got the power to smile when you don't feel like smiling. What kind of power do you have? You got the power to worship when you don't feel like worshiping. What kind of power do you have? You got the power to believe when all things look like they're coming against you, you have the power to believe God's promises no matter how it looks. That's power, baby. And nobody can take that from you. But the devil will oppress you with lies to try to convince you that you're powerless, which is where every negative emotion comes from, because this is what ruins people's lives. Emotions don't ruin people's lives. But being emotionally ruled ruins people's lives making your decisions based on emotion that ruins people's lives. When you make a decision based on anger, it's going to be a train wreck. When you make a decision based on lust, you're going to have regrets. When you make a decision based on fear, you're going to usually make a bad decision or a wrong one. You see, when you feel powerless over your past, you feel guilt when you feel powerless over your present, you feel depressed. And when you feel powerless over your future, you feel afraid. Do you see how every one of those emotions, shame, depression, fear, they're all rooted in a sense of powerlessness. So what would the devil love to convince you of? 
that you're powerless. And what did Jesus say? Don't leave home without. Not American Express. He said, don't leave Jerusalem until you've received power from on high. Why? Because he knew you were going to have to deal with some tough times. All of us do. Um, What are you crowned with? You're crowned with authority. You're crowned as a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Psalm 103 says we're crowned with loving kindness and compassion. We don't need to be mean. We don't need to be nasty. We don't need to be upset at people. We've been crowned with loving kindness. We've been crowned with compassion. Man, has God had compassion on you? Has God been kind towards you? Go and do likewise. Has God forgiven you of much? Forgive much. He crowns you with loving kindness and compassion. It says in Second Corinthians or Second Timothy, Chapter four, he crowns us with righteousness. He crowns us with righteousness. I like what it says in um, Isaiah 62, verse three. He crowns us with beauty. One translation uses the word glory. Maybe you guys can find the the version of that that uses the word beauty, because it's really a great word that you are a crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord. You know, when your life is in the hands of God, it's beautiful. You're beautiful. You need to stop hating on yourself. You say, I don't like this about myself. I don't like that about myself. But all you need to do is jump into his hands because you're beautiful in his hands. You're crowned with beauty and you're a crown of beauty. So don't let anybody talk you out of the fact that you're beautiful, the fact that you're the righteousness of God, the fact that you're the head and not the tail, the fact that you are blessed coming in and blessed going out, the fact that you're seated with Christ in heavenly places. Don't let anybody talk you out of it. And here's how the devil does it. He talks you out of it by reminding you of your sins. Well, look at you failed there and you failed there and you fell there and you blew it there. But all the mistakes that you made and all the mistakes that I've made and all the mistakes we all make do not diminish what God made us to be. It does not diminish your crown. It does not diminish your authority. How can I say this? Um, Sin. Adam's sin. Other people's sin and our own sin makes us victims, but grace makes us kings. Sin makes us victims. Grace makes us kings. You know, it's not just. What you've done. That makes you a victim or that victimizes you, I've done some things that have victimized me, but other people have done some things that have victimized me. And certainly Adam and Eve did something that victimized me and you. So we're talking about sin, whether it's Adam and Eve's sin, whether it's other people that have sinned against you or hurt you in some way or whether it's what you've done. Sin makes you a victim, but God's grace makes you a king. Look at what it says in in, uh, Romans, chapter five, verse 17, Romans five, 
verse 17. He says for what by one man's sin. Now watch this. He says Romans five, verse 17, by one man's sin, death reigned. You're a victim. If a person's dead, they're a victim of death. Sin makes you a victim through Adam's sin. One man's sin, death reigned through the one. Much more, those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Sin makes you a victim. Grace makes you a king. Look at what he says in the Amplified Bible of this verse. Look at watch this in the Amplified Bible. He says in the second part, he says um, those who receive God's overflowing grace, his unmerited favor and the free gift of righteousness, putting them into right standing with himself, they will reign as what they will reign as what where in life. This is not talking about heaven in life. Yeah, in heaven, for sure. That's a given. But in life, we're supposed to reign as kings. Don't let anybody take your crown. Don't let anybody shame you into oh, look at how you failed. Look at how you blew it. Look at your mistakes. God gives grace to the humble. Just say, you know what? Somebody says to me, oh, I know a lot of bad things about you. And you know what I say? I know a lot of worse things about me than you'll ever know. In other words, it's not. Well, I know some bad things about you, too. Like that's so childish. I'm not saying that we should excuse our behavior. And especially a person who is the the abuser or the one who has victimized you or the one who has hurt you, there should be justice. But the greatest justice is to not remain a victim of what anybody has done or what anybody has said about you. That's the greatest retaliation, so to speak. That's the greatest comeback. It's to not be a victim of what somebody did to you. You were abused as a child. You were abused as an adult. You were um, taken advantage of, mistreated. Somebody else was given what you thought you deserved. These are all things that are trying to take your crown. Don't let anybody take your crown. You got to know who you are up here. You got to know who you are in here. You know, El Corazon. You know, that's me bilingual anointing, speaking in tongues. <laughs> Listen to me. Listen to me very carefully. The opposite of inferiority, because sin makes us inferior. Grace makes us reign as kings in life. The opposite of inferiority is not superiority. Any form of superiority is a form of racism. Any form of superiority is a form of pride. Like if we think I'm better than this person, that's pride. OK, so the opposite of inferiority, feeling low about yourself is not superiority where you feel better than somebody else. The opposite of inferiority is royalty. And when Jesus died for you, he made you royal. He made you a king and a priest. Look at what it says in Revelation, chapter one, verse five. Jesus Christ, the firstborn from the dead. Revelation, chapter one, verse five. 
He said, the ruler over the kings of the earth to him that loved us. Watch what Jesus does to him that loved us. How many know that he loved you before he did anything for you to him that loved us? And then what did he do? Washed us from our sins in his own blood. And then what did he do? Come on, help me now. Verse six and has made us what? Kings and priests to his God. He loved you. It's like it's like three things at once when he died on the cross and rose from the dead. It showed that he loved you. He washed you and he made you. A king, your royalty. So what destroys inferiority is not an education, although you should get one. What destroys inferiority is not winning in an athletic event, although you should do your best. What destroys inferiority is not you looking prettier than somebody else, although you should be the best version of yourself. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Come on, Steve Harvey. Applause. What's that? You see, the opposite of inferiority is a sense of royalty. At some point in life, we've all been victimized, whether as children, teenagers or adults, we suffer emotional, physical, psychological abuse to varying degrees. But here's the thing. We have to realize there are real oppressive social and cultural forces that we can't pretend don't exist. There really was slavery. There really was the Holocaust. There really was there really there really is the the killing of 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 nine month old babies in in, in the womb that 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 should be given a, a right to live. You don't have to say amen to that, but you should. There are real oppressive. Listen to me. There are real oppressive social and cultural forces that can't be denied. However, we need to not make an excuse to live under those injustices and to become victims of those injustices by not claiming our true power. If you will claim your true power in life, the power that God gives, then you, though faced with injustice, if you have ever been uh, mistreated because of your color, if you've ever been mistreated and an injustice has been done because of your uh, of your gender, if you've ever been mistreated because of your age or because of your youth. Remember, God speaks to all these things. He said, we're all one. There's only two races, believers and unbelievers. God says, don't let any man look down on your youthfulness. So he speaks to that 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 racism against young people. He speaks to that racism against people of different color and different ethnic groups when he says all the tribes and all the kindreds are one under the blood of Jesus. And he speaks to the to the inequality of, of women when he says uh, when he when he when he says there is neither male nor female in Christ. He's not saying there's no difference between men and women. He's saying in Christ there is equality in Christ. There's equal footing in Christ. We all have the power to pray. We all have the power to forgive. We all have the power to give. We all have the power to plant good seeds. We all have the power to have faith. We all have the power 
of life and death in our tongue. You say, yeah, but what about older people? Aren't those aren't they discriminated against? God deals with that, too. He said, when my Holy Spirit comes upon you, your young men are going to see visions and your old are going to dream dreams. He doesn't give up on us old people. Come on. He doesn't he doesn't he doesn't look down on the young people. And, you know, you that look look down on older people, you need to you need to realize we got something for you. One of these. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, That's my Fred Sanford, Fred G. Sanford. I'll give you five of these. That's old school, boy, TV land. That'll get you caught up with this church. A little bit of scripture and a little bit of TV land mixed together equals life changers international church. <laughs> OK, you're still single clapping, gang. I need I, I, I need a, I need a double clap. No, just kidding. I'm just kidding. All right. So so watch this. So watch this. Look at Acts 1038, um, how Jesus it says God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing good and watch this, healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Listen, he healed all that were what? Now I'm going to tell you something that you might not like, but I'm going to tell it to you anyway. Not everybody is going to become a millionaire. Now, everybody should try to improve and be the best that they can be and save and give. And everybody can be better than where you've been. I'm just saying I'm just saying not everybody. And if that's controversial to you, I'm going to say something even more controversial. Not everybody's going to go to heaven. Now, God wants everybody to go to heaven, but he doesn't guarantee it because some of that's up to well, most of it, all of it is up to you. Jesus did all his part. All we got to do is believe. But not everybody's going to believe, so not everybody's going to go to heaven. Well, not everybody is going to aspire to be a millionaire. Not everybody's going to make the right decisions financially. Not everybody is going to have everything they want. Because Jesus didn't pay for everybody on the cross. He didn't pay for everybody to be a millionaire. He paid for everybody to have their needs met. Come on, help me now. But here's what he did pay for, for everybody to be healed of oppression. And let me tell you what oppression is, he says, and he healed all. Now, don't don't let me just back up for a second. Don't diminish your goals. If your goal is to be a millionaire, do take the steps necessary to 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 make as much and to be the best. Just don't fall in love with money because it's not money is not the root of all evil. The love of it is. Okay, enough said about that, which, by the way, the best evidence of not being under the love of money is generosity. That's the best evidence of it. It's the best evidence of it in your life and it's the best evidence of it in my life. We're all the same, gang. We're all the same. I may have a different anointing, but we're all equal. You understand? We're all joint heirs with Jesus. Boy, if we could get a hold of that. 
Royalty destroys inferiority. Being a pastor doesn't destroy inferiority. Being a preacher doesn't destroy inferiority. Having money doesn't destroy inferior inferiority. Having as good a hair as I have does not destroy. <laughs> Just messing with y'all. Royalty, knowing that you are a king and a priest in Christ, in Christ. I can't stand when people use their position. To ex exercise power, their money to exercise power there over others, over others. I don't mind using money to exercise power over poverty. But when people use money to, to exercise power over people or when they use their position to exercise power over people, God did not create us to have dominion over people. He said, have dominion over the earth, have dominion over the animals, have dominion over the land, have dominion over the over the birds, have dominion over the fish of the sea. He does not say to have dominion over each other. That's the curse. Mm, 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 mm. All right, I know I'm getting a little distracted here, so stop distracting me. Um, this word oppressed, he heals all that are oppressed of the devil. Now, hone in with me for a minute because I got six minutes of power coming at you and then we're going to be done and you're going to drive safe home. OK, or stay in the church for a few hours until we turn the lights off, which means get out of here. Um, <laughs> the word oppressed means to remove from someone the power to control their own life and future, to remove from someone the power to control their own life or future. I want you to see the scheme of the devil here. His scheme he, is to oppress people. Jesus heals all that are oppressed of the devil. And what is the devil's oppression? It's he tries to remove from you the power to control your life and your future. So to try to convince you or get you to believe that what happened to you somehow diminishes your power to control your life and to control your future. When you feel that you have a diminished ability to control your life and your future, you are under oppression. You know what? No matter what anybody does to you does not have to oppress you. It's what you believe that that thing has the power to do. So somebody might take something from you. Somebody might mistreat you. Somebody might hurt you or abuse you. And that in and of itself needs healing from Jesus. But the deeper healing and the greater healing that's that Jesus can heal that and he will heal that. But the healing everybody needs is the healing from the belief system that you don't have the power to control your life and control your future. God has given you the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of death and life in the tongue, the power to speak to the mountain, to be removed, the power to lay hands on the sick, the power to open up your mouth and smile, the power to give, the power to receive, the power to plant seeds and get a harvest, the power to forgive others when they hurt you, the power to bless people with your word to bless people with generosity. He's given you the power to have joy, the power to be in his presence, the power to get up when you fall in. Oh, if we would get a hold of the power that we have, nothing anybody ever does would keep us a victim any longer or any further in our life. Listen to me, people. 
Is there injustice? Yes. But that injustice does not have to keep you a victim. It victimized you, but it does not have to make you a victim. I'm going to tell you something really important. You get 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 a hold of this. Get a hold of this. It'll change your life. People continue to identify themselves as a victim. When they embrace the assumption that the world should be fair. Which is childish thinking. Gosh, if I could get you to get a hold of this, it's childish thinking to expect the world to be fair. It's not fair and it's not going to be fair. But you know what you have? You have a tongue to speak good things. You have hands to plant good seeds. You have a heart to dream big dreams. You have been forgiven, therefore you can forgive. You've been loved, therefore you can love. You see, this is what brings you into the greatest future of your life. And this is what gives you control over your emotions and over your life. But the belief that somehow we have to get the world to become fair. Is a is a is a false assumption. It is it is an idealistic fantasy that will not happen. This world will not be fair to you. God will be good to you. Goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. God will restore the years of unfairness. God will be good when when the world is bad. God will make up to you the difference. But that's all about your trust and your perspective in life. And what we have to do is we have to if we're going to break out of this victim mindset, we have to realize, number one, we have to realize that life is not happening to us. Life is happening for us. So when something happens to you, you got to turn that thing around and realize, man, that might have happened to me. Yeah, I might have lost that job, but that's because life is happening for me. I'm going to get a better one. Oh, that that relationship might not have worked. But that's that's not happening to me as a victim. That's happening for me because somehow I'm going to have a better relationship. Somehow I'm going to meet somebody better for me. Somehow I'm going to this is going to turn around for good. Somehow this is going to make me better. Stop believing that life is happening to you and start believing that life is happening for you because God favors you. God loves you. He's on your side and he's going to make sure he makes it up to you. Hey. Hey, life wasn't fair to Joseph, but God was good. Joseph's brothers weren't fair to Joseph, but God was good. Joseph's Joseph's uh, boss's wife wasn't good to Joseph. I mean, she wanted to be good to Joseph, but Joseph didn't want none of that goodness. Because that is not the Lord's will. But God was good. 
Now, Joseph had to make some decisions, but he made it as the first decision he made is I'm not going to be a victim. They might have thrown me in a pit, but I had a dream. They might have thrown me in prison, but I had a dream. They might have thrown me in Potiphar's house, but I've got a dream. Potiphar's wife might have falsely accused me, but I've got a dream. One day I'm going to reach this world. One day I'm going to save this world. One day I'm going to feed the world with bread. One day I'm going to be next to next to Pharaoh. One day I'm going to my brothers are going to bow down to me. But he didn't know how it was going to happen. He didn't know what it was for. He eventually learned it's not so they will bow down to you and you can be superior to them. It's that they're coming to bow down to get some bread. They're out of food and you've been given the position of influence because you weren't a victim. You, you were victimized, but you didn't remain a victim and you rose every time they put you down. God raised you up every time people take something from you. God will give something to you if you'll have the mentality that God is good even when life's not fair. OK, let me tell you. To, 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 to stop being a victim, you got to you got to discover your power. We already talked about it. You got to change your, your perspective. We already talked about it. Stop thinking life. Stop thinking that life is happening to you and start thinking life is happening for you. Somehow, some way, God's going to turn this around. Romans 8, 28. You ever wonder what that verse meant? There's there it is. Somehow, some way, God's going to turn this thing into something good. That's a belief system which we need to. We need to realize we need to identify our mistaken beliefs. Everybody's against me or this person's against me. Look, it doesn't matter who's against you. What matters is Romans 831 says, if God before you, who can be against you? That means there may be people that are against you, but because God is for you, it cancels out whatever weapon was formed against you. We got to realize we got to stop. We got to identify our mistaken beliefs like being mind readers. You think you can read everybody's mind and it's usually negative. That person thinks I'm stupid. My coworkers are jealous of me. My boss isn't giving me a break. Stop reading everybody's mind. Start accepting the mind of Christ by reading what God says about you. You got to identify the mistaken belief that you're a fortune teller. Oh, I know it's just going to end bad. I know it's going to end bad. I know it's going to end bad. Oh, I just know somebody's going to treat me wrong. Things are going too good in my life. It's eventually going to turn bad. Stop being a fortune teller. If you're going to be a fortune, if you really want to know what the future holds, plant some good seeds, because in those seeds are your future. If a farmer's like, ah, I'm just never going to get any corn, never going to get any corn, never get any corn. God doesn't love me. God doesn't care. No, nobody cares. Nobody's going to give me any corn. Nobody's going to give you any corn. You're right. But you have corn seed. Plant it. <laughs> Stop being a fortune teller and start being a future creator. 